Hey everybody, my name is Kenzie Tartaglioni. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm your master of ceremonies. Hey, I'm Brennan Hershock. I go by he, him pronouns, and I play Sawyer Hook, the mortal. I'm April Consolo. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Ivy Duncan, a vampire. Hey there, I'm Mads McDonough. I use he, him pronouns, and I play Caleb Moore, the werewolf. My name is Ashley Westover. My pronouns are she, they, and I play Pharaoh Smith, the chosen. And welcome to Wildmore High. Content warning for this episode includes underage drinking, drug use, death, blood, drinking blood, and graphic descriptions of gore. You didn't have many expectations going into this. You were informed of the job that needed to be done, what was expected of you, but everything else had kind of been left up in the air for you to figure out as you went. A minivan drives you from the city that you call home, to the small town of Wildmore. Through the streets to a small house in a small yard with a small yapping dog. It is a far cry from the noise and hecticness that you are used to. Wildmore wasn't unknown to you for more reasons than one, your biological father, the main point of inquiry here, but it was never a place that called out to you outside of that. It was on the periphery, boring, unassuming, with nothing that would ever entice you until now. You find yourself living, going to live, in the small town. The front door of the small house opens as the minivan drives down the street and you see Elias, who you have met, who came to the headquarters of Obsidian, the faction of the FBI that you learn to deal with the supernatural or unnatural happenings that are a secret to most people. He was professional, business-like, yet kind when you met him, and you were informed that you were to play the role of a family member. He was to take up the visage of an uncle to you. As if on display in a performance, he opens his arms wide and says, Pharaoh, so glad you finally made it. Is there anyone around that would see this? There are houses around. This is like a small neighborhood and there are people lounging their yards or doing yard work. Not a lot, but just casually. Pharaoh just sort of like trots up and gives him one of those like awkward half hugs and says, What's up, uncle? He pats your back and says, Come in, come in, and shuts the door behind you. And inside, alone, takes a step away from you. Sorry for the sudden display, but appearances are appearances. Hey, no worries. And Pharaoh's looking around this like very tiny house and they're like, I do get my own room though, right? Yes, come here, I'll show you. His little shit zoo of a dog is jumping around your feet and Elias bends down, picks him up and says, enough, Oscar, enough. He'll get used to you. Just give it some time. It might not be me that he's barking at. Pharaoh's wearing like this oversized gray hoodie and like from like the hoodie part that's like down, like a little tiny nose and some whiskers peek out over their shoulder and a white and brown rat kind of like sticks its head and looks with its little beady eyes over at Oscar 
and then promptly like hides back in the hoodie. Lead you down a hallway. You see a kitchen in a small living room. You see a doorway to a bathroom and you see a doorway at the end of the hall that looks to have a bed in it. And then he opens a closed door to the left. The room is small and mostly empty. There's a bed and a dresser and not much else. I know it's not much, but we can set it up however you like. I didn't want to take any initiatives without you here. This is a place you're going to be living and it should suit you. It'll all be paid for, so no worries about that. And there's no roaches, so moving on up in the world, I guess. Is that an issue in your apartment? Mainly in, like, the kitchen, because things just don't get closed. They, like, scrunch up a little bit, like there's just no order. <laughs> My mom just leaves cereal boxes open and then wonders why we have pests. Yeah, thanks. I don't really need much. Just, I might, is there, like, a pet shop I could get, like, a rat house for Beauregard? Like, do you guys have stores here? Yes, there are stores in Wildmore. I know it's smaller than you're used to. I just didn't see any driving in. It was just, like, a bunch of sad houses. Ostracizing? The place that you have to embody is probably not the best start to have. Fair. I can take you to get things that you need later today. Uh, speaking of, do we get, like, spy gear? Like, like, bugs? Or, like, like, infrared goggles? You know, drones? Maybe a drone would be cool. That'd be sick, actually, if we could get a drone. You have not been authorized with a clearance to work any technology that we do have. So we do have them. As a organization, they are available. And there's some here, for sure. Okay, cool. I wouldn't start snooping. Okay, I won't snoop. Fair's just poker-facing. <laughs> I don't trust that, and we need to be able to trust each other. If there comes a time where you need something, I can get it for you. But you gotta prove yourself before that happens. Pharaoh raises their hand. Can I have a drone? There is absolutely no need for you to have a drone. I'll find one. You are on surveillance and information gathering, as you are well aware. We need you to keep eyes on the Duncans, the Hooks, and the Moors. Easiest way to do that is to get in with the kids. Ivy Duncan, Caleb Moore, Sawyer Hook. But in this town, they're slightly untouchable. How so? Is it like they're like hermits or something? No. No, they are very much in the public eye. But these families, these last names, began this town, have lived in this town from the start, and hold a lot of sway. We have information on these families that I believe you have been briefed on of their not-so-human-in-nature origins and the fact that something in recent years has led Wildmore to start disintegrating from within. And we know they have information and we know that the things that are being drawn to this town, the things that are happening and will continue to happen, need to stop. It is drawing too much attention and we need to find out what is causing it. Aye, aye, Captain. So, you will assume the visage of a sophomore at Wildmore High. You will be in classes with them. You will attend social events. You will put yourself in as many places that they are as you possibly can. For instance, tonight, after we go out and get your rat a cage, or a house, whatever you want to call it, there is a bonfire up at the Moore property for all the kids in town. Go. Find a way in, get to know the right people, even before school starts. During this whole spiel, when he was talking about um, they're not quite human, Pharaoh had been briefed on all this before, but in their brain, they're just like, this is some bullshit. Like, <laughs> they, they, they think that this is actually like a sting for some crime syndicate or terrorist or something. They're still very skeptical, and they honestly don't really care one way or the other. They're just trying to do as much as they can to get to the hooks. When we are out and about, we are family. 
family. We know each other well enough. And when we are in here, you are free to be on your own. I'm your supervisor, and that is how we will live within here. In regards to the research and things you guys have done, are there local records at either like this city hall or library that maybe you guys didn't have access to? You know, things like in vaults and stuff. Yes and no. So the city hall records go back to a certain point, and anything before that we believe to be housed in either the Hook residence, on the Moore property, in one of the many houses up there, or in Blackthorn Manor. And we do not have access without outing ourselves as agents of the government to enter those premises and do what's necessary there. So, another inclination for you to get in with these kids, infiltrate their homes, get the info we don't already have. Dig up some old family dirt. I'm sure there is plenty of it. Do you know if... Any of our my main three targets are going to be at that bonfire tonight? I know that the brother of Caleb Moore, Adam Moore, will be there. He is the one throwing it. I assume his, I think at this point, ex-girlfriend, Ivy, will be there. Sawyer usually follows Ivy everywhere, so I'm sure he'll be tagging along as well. Caleb is the only one I'm not sure if you will actively see. From the files that I got, uh, Ivy, she's on the cheer squad. Caleb, he's new back to the school too, so he doesn't have a lot of people close to him, right? He has a friend that he has had for a few years from camps that he's gone to, but he is returning new and does not have many ties. He might be easier to talk to if he's looking for friends. When it comes to Sawyer, I need you to be careful. I know what you want out of this. It's not hidden well. What do you mean? I'm here to do the government's bidding. You have the freedom to find out more information about your biological father's family if you so wish without skirting what we ask of you to do. And do not jeopardize it by making some rash move at that kid. Our goals right now are aligned, so you don't have to worry about me jeopardizing anything. They won't see me half the time, I can guarantee you that. I'm just trying to be professional and find out who he talks to. And I'm just giving you... The warnings that I would give anybody under my command. You've been in Wildmore for a couple weeks now. It's summer, the hot sun blazing down and baking the pavement beneath your feet. You've spent a lot of your time trying to get to know this place, to familiarize yourself with the faces you see every day, and to start reconnaissance on three individuals in specific. You have a push and pull relationship with getting closer to the hooks and you haven't quite made up your mind on how you want to approach that specific situation. For the time being you've stayed away hoping that with the coming school year you would be forced into that type of role instead of having to choose it for yourself but of course the world doesn't work in your favor. And on this day, as you are walking about town, you spy from across the street Ellie Hook pushing a stroller with Annabelle Hook inside. Pharaoh sees Ellie and Annabelle from across the street and just kind of has this weird moment of like, that should have been me, basically, is the feeling like I should have had the doting mom who had someone to support her and the family and could be this happy just existing with each other. A curiosity overcomes them. <laughs> Pretty much they're like, I probably shouldn't say anything. But they start making their way around so that they're going opposite direction of Ellie and Annabelle. Beauregard is sort of like in their hoodie pocket as per usual. And as they're walking, Pharaoh gives him a quick command to do like a little circle 
kind of thing, like a fun little trick that he does. Right within the line of sight of Annabelle. Got like his little like bat wing halter on that he's like his little leash that he has whenever they go out in public and he jumps down and he does like a little somersault and pharaoh gives like a like a faint like oh come on little guy we gotta we gotta keep going we don't have time to play right now mommy mommy look that person has a mouse pharaoh looks up and goes uh yeah his his name is beauregard he's he's actually a rat they're like bigger mice but mice are cute and clean and rats are gross well, some people are gross, and some people are clean. It just depends on if they're taken care of. And I take very good care of Beauregard, so he's very clean. I'm so sorry. Um, I, you don't look very familiar, and I thought I knew everybody in town. Are you new? This is, like, simultaneously, like, so fucking- It's, like, a weird combination of just, like, Oh, I hate these people so much, and oh, I'm so jealous of these people, and oh, they're actually nice- fuck you kind of thing. Farrah goes, uh, yeah, I actually just moved here in with my uncle, uh, Elias. He's one of the teachers at the school. My name's Pharaoh. Oh, yes, I remember that now. She sticks her hand out to you. I'm Ellie Hook. It's really nice to meet you. It's great to meet you, Ellie. Are you a sophomore by any chance? Because I think that you might have a class with my son at some point. His name is Sawyer. You know, I'm still, um, trying to put all the names to faces. Well, if you ever need any help, just reach out to him. He is a very sweet boy, and I'm sure he would love to help you if he could. Mm-hmm. Are you just out and about by yourself today? Yeah, I was supposed to be running some errands, but even though this town is kind of small, I've, I've gotten lost. Maybe I could help. Well, first I gotta go to the vet to make sure that Beauregard is, you know got all of his shots and stuff but then I also need to go to the supermarket to pick up some things for my uncle and it's just so pretty out today I kind of started wandering and got lost. Annabelle interrupts whatever Mrs. Hook is going to say next and says with a little hand outstretched in fingers in a grabby motion can I pet Beauregard? Yeah sure so what you do is just put your hand down with your palm out Alright, so you just hold very still, and he'll crawl up. Beauregard, go. He kind of like crawls up the stroller and sort of like sits in her lap, because he couldn't get in her hands because they're just so little. And then he kind of like starts like sniffing around. His little whiskers probably tickle her arm a little bit. Yeah, you can pet him uh, right there on the back of his head, just with one finger and be very gentle, because he is still small. She takes your advice seriously and like barely touches him. But she puts her finger on the top of his head and does a little scritch and then pulls her hand back and looks at you and then kind of reaches out and does it again. He's so tiny! Sawyer has a lot of animals at home too, but his aren't furry like Beauregard. He's got his favorite one and it's a hard name. It's like a Axlack. Axolotl, sweetheart. Arrow definitely knows what a fucking axolotl is. Like, at one point, it was kind of like a, like a, like, you go down two different passes, either, like, the reptile way or, like, the small rodent, small mammal way. And there was a moment in, like, the library one day when Pharaoh was looking at two different books and they just picked up the one on rodents instead of the one on lizards. And they have a moment like, are you fucking kidding me? I don't want to be anything like this fucking kid. Yeah, you know, I, I know a little bit about lizards and stuff, but small rodents, uh, other, like, small mammals are really my, are my thing. I only have Beauregard, though. I don't have enough room in my room to have more pets, although I wish I did. Sawyer has always had a bad habit of bringing, um, wild reptiles home, so I can just imagine if you're anything like him, that your mom and dad were 
not very happy with that. They are hating this. They're like, this was a mistake, having this conversation. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I. so it was just my mom and me growing up, but I do remember one time I caught a dormouse, and I brought it in, and she got very upset about that. So you're nail on the head about all of that. But guess Sawyer figured out a way to convince y'all. One time he brought a snake home. A big snake, and Dad was not happy. He couldn't keep that one. That's so cool. Sawyer sounds like a like a cool kid. I'll have to maybe introduce myself at some point. Oh, you definitely should. It sounds like you guys would get along great. And you know, when you're new in town, you always need a new friend to help you out. Sawyer would be great with that. Yeah, um, you know, well, if you guys ever need help with um, anything, I can be pretty handy too. And I don't know if you're looking for any sort of babysitters ever, but like, again, I'm new here, so I'm trying to find odd jobs around. So if you or anyone you know... Well, Sawyer usually babysits Annabelle when we need him to. Of course he does. But I know that sometimes he gets annoyed because he can't do all the things with his friends that he would like to. So it honestly would be great to have a backup. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Pharaoh, like, pulls out their phone, like, this is a bad idea. <laughs> but, like, this is also an opportunity that they just found. So they're like, well... And they switch numbers. And they say, and of course, if you guys ever want to, you know, come over at our place, too, uh, Elias, he's kind of antisocial. <laughs> he's, he's a bit of a nerd, but, you know, it's my uncle, so... Hmm. I very much appreciate the offer, but I'm not quite so sure Sawyer would enjoy having his teacher at his house. It's kind of weird having, like, being related to one. It's kind of hard to make friends when... Well, we do have to be getting on with our day. Yeah, yeah, of course. But it was wonderful to meet you. It was great to meet you, too. But I wanted to make sure you felt welcome in our little town. Thanks. I feel, I feel really welcome. I appreciate it. And Pharaoh bends down to gather Beauregard up and kind of like looks at Annabelle and says, you have a good day. Their heart is breaking a little bit because Annabelle is just the opposite of what they were as a kid and kind of just picks Beauregard up and waves as they continue on their way. Bye, Beauregard! The entirety of the school has been invited to Adam Moore's Another Year, Another Cheer party at the quarry. After two weeks, Pharaoh and Elias have like um, a set check-in times every day. It probably doesn't actually happen at the school though, because that's too public. So like they leave, meet back home. Pharaoh gives their notes about whatever. They at least check in like once a day. Go going into it, they were like they did not like really take the supernatural thing seriously. But after seeing Ivy walk up a fucking wall, like that really like especially in the middle of the night, things are creepy. I think at this point they're very much so not knowing what exactly to expect. Like so they're a little bit more on guard than they normally would have been. You get home to Elias's as soon as you open the door, the dog is all over you, running through your legs, trying to get some attention. I think there's probably a little bit of a routine that has developed of when you get home, maybe you give him a treat um, and it calms him down a little bit and then he gets fed by Elias later and then you guys have dinner. Like there is a rote, awkward, still routine of fake family. Elias, because he has a car, depending on how much uh, he has to do like work-wise after school, it usually doesn't take him too much longer to show up after Pharaoh. So they usually go in, feed Beauregard, and put him up on uh, their shoulder as they like review their notes. They are struggling a bit with keeping up the ruse of the actual student, like they are, but at the same time they're like not really caring about school. So they'll like look to see what, how much homework they can get away with not doing for tonight, because they have a lot to plan for the quarry party. 
Probably about half an hour later, you can hear the car pull into the driveway. The door unlock open, you hear the little yips of the dog again as Elias comes home. And you hear his footsteps walking towards your door, and then you hear a small knock. Come on in! And he stands in the doorway, not really wanting to enter into your space, but also wanting to talk to you. And he goes, good day. Yeah, I uh, I actually had a few things I wanted to touch base with you on. I did as well. So we're on the same page. Do you want me to come in or do you want to like sit in the living room or? Pharaoh just kind of loves when Elias feels awkward. They think it's the most entertaining thing. So they really kind of dig into that. Oh, I don't know. You know, it's whatever you want to do. Do you want to? Or we could go. There's a game of him walking back and forth through the doorway. And then is like, um, let's just, let's just go in the living room. I think that would be best. Elias sets himself down on the couch. It's a little bit sunken in. And so even though he's not like a tall man, his knees are kind of like up higher up his chest than they would be on a normal couch. So he's got his hands like pressed against his knees and he looks extremely uncomfortable in this position. So just a brief rundown of today. Sawyer has been going to the stoners and interacting with them less and less. Not exactly sure why, but I'll give you an update if it's anything pertinent to our case. Caleb was seen uh, speaking with a police officer with his friend Sam afterwards, something about his parents being missing. The officer seemed like he, he had called around a few places before going to the school, so I'm not sure where parents are just more interested on why he needed them than actually where they were in regards to ivy she's been fairly agitated today and pharaoh kind of like not nervous just almost embarrassed that this is about to come out of their mouth so you know the quarry party that i'm going to today so there's going to be like alcohol and drugs there and i don't get me wrong i'm a baddie but i have no idea about any of that um, so I didn't know if maybe you had like a hippie phase in the 60s and you could give me some advice on how to fake being inebriated because I'm not planning on taking anything. I would advise against it. I have a job. I understand. But like I figured it'd be better to blend in if I could at least act like I was. Here's the easiest advice for this situation. Do what everybody else is doing. Not actually drink, not actually do the drugs. If somebody asked you, say you like just took a shot or you just smoked a joint or something, but action-wise, do what everybody is doing. I, I would ask you how to dance, but I have a feeling you don't know that either. We have the same agenda this evening as we had at the bonfire. Is you simply scouting and getting data. I don't want you to get physically involved in anything. I just want notes and observations. I do especially want you to keep an eye on Ivy this evening. Uh, one more question. Do we have any spy gear I could use? You've asked this before. I'm going to keep asking. And I believe I've said no. Last time I asked for a drone specifically. This time, like any sort of like surveillance, like if they have like a little camera I can put on Beauregard. Imagine how cool that would be. A little a little rat cam scurrying around. You're gonna let your rat run free around a very crowded quarry that you don't know your way around? I don't think you're gonna do that. 
Okay, well, what about like any sort of like little camera? Hey, do you have this cool thing everybody has nowadays called a cell phone? <sighs> yes, I have a phone, but that's not like- That would be the best way to blend in because everybody's gonna be using their phones. Just wanted close by gear. Like night vision goggles? Do we have night vision goggles? Why would you need that? It might be dark. Pitch black in this quarry party. Maybe. You don't think people are gonna be like, why do you have those goggles on your head? I say it's steampunk. I think people don't like steampunk anymore. You're not saying you don't have night vision goggles. That's what I'm hearing. Your eye, what I'm hearing is you do have some, you just won't give them to me. Maybe that's the case. You have a phone, use it to your best advantage. <clears throat> Fine. Great. Now, are you still teaming up with Damien? Yeah, he's going to be helping me quote unquote, keep an eye on the aliens. I like this team up. I just want to again voice the concern of you being careful simply because who his father is and the fact that he is not to know what is actually going on. And I know he's got this alien thing. I've seen the videos. Trust me, the best cover I can have, the best way to make people not take me seriously is to hang around Damien. If you want food, there's leftover pizza from last night in the fridge. It is yours. Call me if something crazy happens. Yeah, Damien is coming by to pick me up um, around nine, I think. Uh, we're going to try to get there a little bit earlier than everyone else just to get a lay of the land. Sounds good. I'm going to go change. I think there is ketchup on the back of my pants. <sighs> Rough day. I know when you're taking the piss. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm trying to be empathetic. You should maybe accept the support when it's offered to you. You don't have to be afraid. It's okay. I'm here for you. I don't know if anybody else in this organization has actively lived with a teenager, but I don't think they have because I don't think they will want to do this to anybody else. They never said the job was easy, but it's got to be done. And you volunteered. Wait, did you volunteer? How did you no, get this job? No, I absolutely job? did not volunteer. We're done now. I will await your check-in later when you're at the party. If you don't hear from me for two hours straight, I probably died, but don't worry about it. Thanks, Pharaoh. Anytime. We are going to jump forward a few hours to a horn honking outside of your residence. They just have like, um, like this, it's, it's not a hoodie. It's more like one of those like big jackets with like a bunch of pockets and they've sewn extra pockets on the inside. So even though it like looks just like a jacket, they have like their notebook and like an extra charger and like their phone and like other things that they may need throughout the night, including a special pocket that sort of um, runs from the sleeve up in towards like the heart of the jacket that uh, Beauregard likes to sleep in. And Beauregard also has a little harness and a leash and on the back of the harness, there are bat wings to make it look like he's a little dragon. Green jacket, black t-shirt, ripped jeans, knock off Doc Martens, and head out to the car. Damien has the window rolled down and he's looking out and he yells, you got your rat with you? I kind of like sneakily like go up to the car window like and I slowly open the inside of my jacket to be like, yeah, I got the goods. Private eye Beauregard, welcome to the spymobile. I hop in and buckle up. So how wild do these quarry parties actually get? I've never been to many parties, let alone quarry parties and everyone keeps making a big deal about it it's just because like it's completely private from the rest of town so like it's kind of anything goes even though when we have the parties at like wicker house it's also anything goes because it's on private property and like when the parties are at the duncan's house they don't care about anything so it's anything goes but like this is anything goes without any adult presence oh uh -huh. 
Oh, so literally anything goes. Yeah, like there is no one stopping anything if they wanted to. Have you ever been to one of these? There's not a lot of quarry parties. They're few and far between. Uh, the last one that they had, I was kind of like too young to go to. Mostly just high school kids and I was in middle school. He's been driving since you got in the car towards the party. His phone goes off a couple times, but he ignores it as he's driving. I know that like you were supposed to like eat during like drinking and stuff. So if ever you get a little too wild, I got some snacks for you. So just feel free to check in with me whenever you need something. I'm usually pretty chill. This is like a great place to talk to people who aren't pretty chill though, because they just spout shit. Oh, that's gonna be fun. It takes a little bit, but you guys get up. He kind of is in a line of cars almost, pulling in. You see people riding bikes. You see people walking. You see people climbing the fence. You see a car at the gate, unlocking the gate, pulling it open. All the cars waiting behind as they kind of pull around to like different sides. Uh, Damien pulls up and he goes... I don't know why nobody parks inside. It's stupid. It's right. It, th- there's like a there's like a pull off at the top of the hill here. And he gets out of the car, opens the gate, gets back in, pulls in, gets out, closes the gate, pulls through up this incline of the entrance of this quarry mine of the strip mine up up around a couple buildings there are like old machinery that have been left there and they're weathered and beat down and kind of covered over with dirt now up around this hill and there's like this massive mound of dirt and the kind of pulls over and parks the car behind that pharaoh's like itching to just explore these abandoned buildings but they're like i'll come back another day just as a little fun treat for me you guys can hear the base and you crest over the top around the side of this building in a couple picnic tables and look down and you see this strip mine spread out in front of you and you see a crowd amassing you see people like coming down from all sides of the mine it's like a kind of like a strange spider web like all these spiders just coming up and over to the center as people gather you see speakers lights a looks like a full bar set up and you see pe- some people dancing mingling people getting cups of some sort of drinks you see uh, somebody dragging a keg down the levels of the mine to the base and Damien kind of whips his hands out, turns back to the party so he's facing you and says, Welcome to the famous, well, the wild more famous quarry party. They're acting very extroverted and excited about this, but in reality, they're like, I'm gonna get a headache as soon as I get close to one of those speakers. I just fucking know it. Good thing I brought some Excedrin, because oh my god. They, they, They... like going to abandoned places partly for the quiet and so this is like the opposite <laughs> of the vibe they usually go for but they're they're acting like this is great i love this it's sort of like the dog on fire i mean like this is fine the first hours actually pretty boring you don't see ivy sawyer caleb or sam you don't see either of the girls that Ivy has been hanging around with Natalie or Alina. You also don't see Joe Batista, but otherwise you kind of see everyone there just mingling about. Vic is being extra dramatic, like skipping from group to group of people saying hi, introducing himself or reintroducing himself as he's just being of his boisterous personality you see katrina griffiths in the same outfit she was wearing that day looking out of sorts with the freedom that is being offered to her right now but you've gathered that katrina is an odd outlier here because her family's rich 
and she should be just as popular, like as enigmatic as any of the other three houses, except for the fact that her family isn't of old money, they're new money, and it doesn't fly the same way, and so she does not stand in the same circle as them, but she does stand in a circle a bit above everybody else. So her friend circle is almost non-existent, and people don't know how to interact with her, but she's also not very personable because she's pretty uptight and anal about everything. The fact that she's here is even a little bit surprising, but it might be to keep face or to try to strengthen relationships that she or her family wants to strengthen. So uh, I think our first stop should be the bar to get something to drink, yeah? Oh, right in? Um, yeah. Maybe just like a beer though, like just something chill, you know? I don't want to like go crazy. Yeah, yeah, you know, just something to like sip on while we wait for everything. Is Adam at the bar or is Adam nowhere to be seen? Adam is currently around the bar. Pharaoh leads the way towards the bar. In in the very obvious, like, like they can only do so much. The very obvious, like, I've never had a drink before, sort of. But they're like, hey, so uh, what do we got on the tap tonight? Adam looks up from where he's tending bar and being host and says, ah, new kid? Evans, I hope you didn't tell your dad. What would I be doing here? If I told my dad. Just making sure. Also, uh, new kid, does this look like we have a tap? The kegs are there if you want beer. Otherwise, it's just shot a clock here. And I think Beauregard pokes his head out a little bit. Just because he, he like occasionally poke up, look around, and then go back down. But he pokes his head out. And Pharaoh like grabs an empty shot glass. And as they head towards the keg and they say, little one for the little guy. Is that a rat? Yeah. His name is Beauregard. You brought a rat to a party. I thought it was a party with no rules, right? I'm not saying that we had a no rat rule. I am simply curious as to who brings a rat to a party. Hi, I'm Pharaoh Smith. I'm the pe person who brings rats to parties. And I kind of extend my hand out for a shake. Adam puts his hand out, shakes. You feel his hand is cold and like clammy and sweaty as he grasps and shakes. Does he look okay? He looks like he might already be a little drunk, a little high, but he's got an exuberant attitude, welcoming attitude, isn't necessarily giving you shit, just being curious and questioning. Uh, maybe like don't let it loose though. Beauregard's not going anywhere. Uh, he's, he's been to plenty of events before as well. He's, he's tame. No worries there. Don't want him getting mixed up with any of the mine rats, you know. Never know what could come from that. Also, I don't want people screaming because they see a rat running around the party. Don't worry, you won't have an issue with either of those. Okay, I just needed to double check. You want a shot before you go? Yeah, I'll take a shot. Thank you. Pours vodka shots. Passes you one, passes Damien one, and Damien goes, This is disgusting. You taking it or not, it's free. And Damien clinks it against yours and shoots it back. As he shoots it back, I have like my side faced towards Adam in a way that like when I shoot it back as well, like super fast, you can't really tell that I'm just kind of like tossing it behind me. I think I'm going to have this be a roll to shut someone down. Eight minus one, seven. I think I'll take a string on Adam. Because of the seven, I'll narrate what happens, but you also are going to get a condition. He throws his back and sees, like, can see behind your head the vodka shoot backwards. And he goes, dude, come on, don't waste the liquor. You can't, that's such bad luck, man. You're, come on. That, you bring a rat to my party, you throw my liquor out. You're so weird, dude. S sorry, I, I got nervous last second there. I appreciate the hospitality. Mark down that you have the weird condition. 
<laughs> Damien kind of like nudges you away from the bar and he's like, dude, Adam Moore just offered you a, a drink and you threw it out? I don't know. I've never taken a shot before. I was just trying to act cool and then it kind of got away from me. Yeah, he's kind of like, you know this. We've had this discussion. The Moors, the Hooks, the Duncans, they're like royalty. That's why I was trying to act cool, but then I forgot I had to like back up my words and like, you know. Okay, well next time don't don't say yes to a shot and then throw it on the ground. Well, what was I supposed to do? Say no? Just been like, I'm gonna get a beer instead. You know what? Yeah, that's, pr that's probably that probably would have been better, huh? Oh my goodness. I have to teach you everything. Yeah, pretty much. Damien mostly keeps to the outskirts of the party, just kind of watching everybody, keeping an eye out. You kind of stay with Damien just at the end, just watching, observing. You see Naya closer to 10 o'clock. You see her just appear over the ridge of like the far back of the quarry mine, not coming from the entrance really. God, she's so cool. You have had your full morning of classes. You saw some very interesting relationship dynamics with all these kids crammed into a room together that you had not previously been privy to. And Damien has accosted you before lunch and dragged you away from the cafeteria and up the stairs to the second floor and into the art room. Damien has taken it upon himself to be your tour guide through Wildmore High. And originally, you thought his inclination to avoid the cafeteria and the commons and the courtyard would make your job exponentially harder, but you couldn't have imagined it being any easier than this because it was as if someone or something was looking down upon you and in waltzed Caleb Moore with his trusty sidekick. Pharaoh is going to like obviously like track him with their eyes but just gonna play the part of the shy new kid who's just trying to eat lunch in the art room with the first friend they made. Damien is enveloping you in a in a story about this crazy thing that happened in the gym weight room last year and how Chris somehow ended up being pinned under a barbell and it seemed like he was being threatened by a guy who was his friend who then turned out to not want to be his friend anymore and it was just like a mess of not making any sense whatsoever. Naya is sitting on the other side of Damien just rolling her eyes and seeming like she wants to be anywhere else but here but somehow she ended up here and Caleb has scarfed down a chicken sandwich and is now playing a game and Sam is like listening in rapture to everything that comes out of Damien's mouth. Pharaoh is actually gonna try to do that thing that won Damien over with them. Um, they see Caleb scarf down this food and they look at him and they go, uh, hey, um, I have an extra Slim Jim if you want it. Completely enraptured in this game that he's playing, Sam goes, he's probably fine. You can't, you have to like physically jostle him when he's playing his games if you want to have any sort of attention. Oh, no, that's fine. So I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just, I just figured, you know. Oh, no, it's fine. He's, he's just in his own little world. How long have you been here, been friends, stuff? I have been in this town my whole life. I have been friends with Caleb for like four years. Oh, cool. 
Yeah, he's awesome. We met at this like coding camp over the summer and then we found out that we were both like really into video games. So then we started when it wasn't summer when we were away at our different schools. We would just like play every night for hours together. What kind of video games do you guys play? Oh, we play a lot of different stuff. Caleb is usually the one who introduces me, but like the my favorite one that he's ever introduced me to is Crush and Egg. It's like, have you ever played it? I haven't, but I, I've, I've seen some articles that there's like a sequel coming out soon or something. Yeah, so there I've been... is. It's gonna be so awesome. We're so excited. We're so excited. I, I haven't played video games in forever, but I've been wanting to get back into it. Um, maybe sometime if you guys are, I'm, I'm not trying to impose, but like if you guys are wanting to hang out some more, um, I'd be, oh, I'd be uh, yeah, yeah. And at that moment, Caleb slams the, his phone onto the table. And Sam goes, are you okay? And Caleb is like visibly flustered and starts just like stuttering over words. And Sam goes, oh, I, Caleb, I totally forgot. We had like that thing, that thing that we were going to do. Quite obviously, there, there's no hiding the fact that they're just trying to escape from this room in this moment of time. And they both get up and exit the art room rather quickly. Farrah just kind of like, mental note, Caleb is easy to distract. I think they would chat a little bit more to see how well Naya knows. When you first ask this question, Damien interrupts and goes, Naya's a loner and like imitating her in a way. And she just gives him a side eye and says... I'm hanging out with you, aren't I? I don't know, just everyone here is so superfluous and caught up in their own shit and there's just so many more important things that I can spend my time doing than all this petty little drama that everyone is involved in. I don't appreciate being used in Adam's little fucking stupid ploy to try to win Ivy back, so. Is that what he's trying to do? Sorry, I'm still trying to catch up on who It's fine. I truly don't know. I truly couldn't tell you. He's such a fucking idiot and he is a piece of shit and she shouldn't take him back. The way he's acting, she shouldn't take him back. But no, it's funny. Uh, Damien and I actually had that same conversation about all this drama being bullshit and having much better things to do. What's What do you get up to? Like, what's your whole deal? I don't know. I'm into, like, music and art. I don't, that's not why I eat here. Just is a weird coincidence. There's just less idiots here. Definitely less idiots here. I mean, you're new, and so you probably don't get it, but, like, if you get to know this town, actually, like, this place, it's actually really cool, and it's got, like, a lot of cool stuff going for it, and, like, history and all this stuff, and all these people are just background noise to what Wildmore actually is. I would actually love to hear more. Since moving here, I, you know, it's hard to see coming in from an outsider what like the place to be at you know that isn't just like the next drinking hole for some dumb kids but like you mentioned like history and you like art is there like some sort of like cool hub that I should know about that has like a bunch of um fun facts about the town or something I'd, I'd like to get to know this place more the library has an archive section you can go to for that I don't know how like unbiased it is but the Duncan's did create a museum at some point of town history so there's that here it's fine it's like could be better but it does the job if ever you're headed that way and you want company you know just reach out to me i would i'd like a tour guide i guess what am i chopped liver damien (laughs) you are my tour guide to the underground i need to know what everyone else sees naya just listens to you say this right next to her and i kind of like give naya a look like i gotta i gotta say something to keep him happy kind of thing okay i i don't 
know if you'll find it interesting at all, but people just, people make choices here that they shouldn't make because they don't know what came before them. Sort of like a history repeats itself kind of thing? Sure. Is there anything I specifically should try to avoid doing uh, to not fall into that? If you don't care about the drama, you'll be just fine. And then you see Sawyer like rushing down immediately into the fray, finding Adam. You see Sam and Caleb stopped and sat at one of the picnic benches at the top. And then just a few minutes later, you see Ivy walk up, exchange a couple words with them, and then seem to take a moment to take everything in before she starts down into the party. As Ivy comes down, I think, because I was told to keep a closer eye on her, I'm going to like be like just far enough away that I'm not like obviously like part of any group she's talking to, but like I'll try to maneuver myself and Damien if the two of us are sticking together to be like around where she is. And then when it comes to Sawyer, they're just gonna like take note of like which people he like spends longer with. Sawyer is obviously selling. You hear Ivy shout a bunch after him of like, dude, come dance. And he's like, ah, oh, just like in a minute, in a minute. Like you hear those interactions. You see Caleb and Sam come down the slope eventually, looking very uncomfortable going up to the bar. Sam looking around with like big eyes. You watch Ivy leave the center of the party and find Naya up on one of the levels. You hear the big ruckus of the football guys coming in you see naya and ivy making out and then you are almost pushed over yourself as uh terry the morning announcement guy gets shoved into the ground and it happens so quickly that it's so hard to believe but you see caleb and you see this almost like a different person took over just hatred anger on his face and you see the pounce as he tackles this guy to the ground and you hear the crack as he punches him in the throat and you see the tussle of guys being pulled off of one another and the threats and ivy coming down and these guys backing up and away from the three people who run this town damien next to you is holding up a camera fucking got this everyone in the town says like oh these three families are like a united front they're the ones that are in charge and like everyone like kind of knows that but for hasn't seen it firsthand until now and seeing the three of them just immediately dropping everything and like kind of taking themselves to the side pharaoh takes a note of that of course and then takes note of how they're interacting with each other yeah you watch as ivy like drags caleb up out of the party up to the building and shoves him into the wall and there are words being exchanged and sawyer's like standing next to them not really knowing what to do and then you see it switch and you see caleb kind of shove out of it and you watch ivy and sawyer go off by themselves so you see sam sitting on one of the lower steps they've kind of dumped out this bag full of booze and are like searching through it and you see them pick up a can pop it open and just chug the whole thing down in one go. Pharaoh wants to stick with their uh, task of keeping an eye on Ivy, especially since Sawyer's with Ivy right now, but they do see the opportunity with Sam. So they turn to Damien and they say, hey, let's split up for a sec. You go see what you can get out of Sam, maybe with a little alcohol. I'm gonna go see where those two are going. Sound like a planet? And I go for like a little fist bump. Damien looks at it. We've never done that before. Well, there's a, there's a first time for everything. I thought it'd be cool. Puts his fist up. Weird, but 
okay. I'm gonna see if there's like a, another path or something that goes up to where they are. Cause I don't want to like follow right behind them. You can climb up any of these levels in any direction. You follow Sawyer and Ivy on that route and find a place to kind of hide yourself away as not to be seen. And as you do that, you see from your right a figure and you turn and you look and you see Natalie arriving at the party, but you see her pause in confusion. And as you look back at Ivy and Sawyer, you see possibly the weirdest thing you've ever seen. You see Ivy with two fangs shooting out of the top of her mouth. And you hear Sawyer offer himself up to her and you see her take his hand and sink her teeth into the palm of his hand and latch on. And when she finally pulls away, her mouth and fangs dripping with blood, Sawyer's kind of unsteady on his feet but you see them just cling to one another there is just cold dread racing through pharaoh's veins they are like ice right now the skin on the back of their scalp has like tightened seeing caleb be a little weird that could have been like a trick of the eyes or like the light or something but like this is such a clear picture and it's so vivid like right in front of them that they're just they're just too scared to move right now. Natalie is not afraid. Natalie looks devastated. The fuck? Did they all need therapy? Does, does Natalie see Pharaoh at all? No. She is like laser focused. You hear the sounds of careless whisper come faintly from where they're standing. And then Sawyer and Ivy just start dancing. And at this point, Natalie turns and leaves. Did I accidentally take hallucinogens or something? What the fuck? Why this song? I don't understand. Okay. They are going to quickly write down in as much detail as they can what exactly they saw and like even sketch out a little bit of what Ivy's face looked like on their page just so they don't forget anything. You get a text from Elias. Checking in. I just take a photo of my notebook and I send that. We'll send further updates. You see an odd phenomenon begin in which the music shifts and because you're not like at the level of the rest of the party, it's a very clear shift that when the music changes and you hear the announcement of somebody DJing, the weather shifts. Clouds like starting to not like roll in, but like as if they're being pulled in to this location. You see heat lightning streak sideways across the sky. You feel the humidity levels rise and like way down on this space. As the DJ begins to DJ and people rush to the dance floor and start jumping up and down and dancing like maniacs. I think I'll record um, once I notice the weird stuff is happening, maybe for like five or so minutes before I head down. Caleb has returned to Sam and you don't see Damien anywhere anymore. I'm gonna try to like avoid the siren song or whatever. You don't feel an urge to go into this. Pharaoh's gonna assume it's because they just don't like crowds and dancing anyways. All of a sudden you see Sam get up from Caleb and rush into the dance floor with Ivy and Sawyer and start dancing with them. It's kind of then that you spot Damien already sweat, just like gyrating uh, to the music. I take a video of that just to make fun of him later. I think what you can also see from this vantage point 
is the backs of Alina and Adam leaving the party. Not out the way everybody came in, but into a farther distance. So people are just like dancing right now? Not everybody. There is a clear like circle of people dancing. It's like a perfect circle underneath this strange astrological event. People have scattered a bit too across the different platforms. The crowd is more spread out now too. Pharaoh's goal is to just sort of like see if they can overhear something between Adam and Alina. It's not necessarily getting too close, but they know that like the two of them are close with her with their targets. So I'm gonna say it's gonna be really difficult to hear because like they're far from you and you're just kind of tracking them. And you can see like there is a cave structure on the far side and they kind of like disappear around one side of that cave structure. I think I'm just gonna stay towards the edge then keeping an eye to see whenever they come back out but like, like Elias said keep an eye on Ivy and something really fucking weird just happened with Ivy so I'm not wanting to let her out of my sight right now. Then you see another altercation from afar Sawyer talking to this older guy you've seen him around Sawyer a couple times before. Ivy backs Sawyer up. This guy stalk off towards the entrance and Ivy kind of pulls Sawyer back into the crowd and you watch Caleb follow the guy up and out around the building until you can't see him anymore. I'm gonna follow Caleb. As you get up to where the picnic tables are and that one building is, you can hear voices. You hear like a heated conversation releasing from its boil and you hear Caleb make a deal with a guy named Quincy, but you didn't hear what deal was made. And then you kind of have to pull back quickly behind the building as Caleb turns the corner and walks back. A few seconds after Caleb walks by me, I'm just gonna follow him back. This night is just getting too weird because things are happening so swiftly and out of nowhere. You see Caleb has returned, has gone up to Sawyer and Ivy. You see a couple words exchanged and then you see Sam dart through the crowd up to the front, climb up onto the DJ booth and take a flying leaf off, smashing into the ground. Oh, fuck. And you see Caleb rush after them and like pick them up and you just see blood smeared across their face. You see Ivy grab Caleb and they start rushing out right past you, out through the front. As they rush past, I'm gonna look back to the DJ. You saw the DJ say something to Sam when they climbed up on the booth. Watched this happen, looked shocked that it happened, kind of took off her headphones, watched these kids pick up this kid and start leaving and kind of watched them leave before like uncertainly putting her headphones back on and returning her attention to the crowd. Does she see me staring like right at her? Like what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she sees you there. She's a little bit more focused on the people rushing out bleeding though. Like Caleb is looking weird right now. He's bigger than I thought he was last time. So I'm going to slowly follow already recording like I've missed too many things tonight. Well, you follow and you see Ivy break off from them. And as they continue down, you blink and you almost miss it because Ivy is so fast, unnaturally fast as she streaks towards the side of the quarry, towards the fence and like disappears into the darkness. I'm the weird one? Me? Pharaoh, really, the, the rat kid. By the time you get down, you see 
Caleb trying to set Sam down and open the gate. You see a car and you kind of can see Ivy in the front seat. But you see everybody kind of pause for a moment because there's a bus, an almost empty bus parked outside. But then they go back to what they were doing, get Sam in the car and streak out of the quarry in this car, leaving you in the dust. I go up to the gate and notice that it's like still open. I'm not going to touch it at all. I'm just going to like slip through and look across at the bus. I remember Damien telling me that like the buses don't run over here because the quarry is not like in use. From this angle, you can see the lights are on in the bus and you see this kind of chubby black man probably in his 30s in a navy blue uniform sitting in the driver's seat. I'm just going to take a couple photos of the bus and then like sneak back to get the license plate. As you come around the side, you see the top of a head through the window. I'll like sort of peek in through the door then. Um... I'm, pr I'm pretty confident I can outrun this man. And you see him take the lever and move it and go, Hey kid, you looking for a ride? Um, no thanks. I already have a ride. Okay, because it's the last one of the day. What, what's, what's the normal bus schedule? I didn't know there was one that ran here. Uh, I mean, we stop anywhere you need us to. Like in town? Or is this like a Greyhound kind of deal? We stop anywhere you need us to. They're, the person in the seat has stood up and is like looking to see who's at the door. I'm gonna like wave at them because I've used public transportation a bunch and I've never seen uh, someone on a bus that interested in other people. She waves back. Hey, uh, so wh where's this bus headed? Like where, where are you headed? Just passing through. Cryptic, I love it. Elias would like you. Are, are either of you guys from here? Uh, the girl in the back says, I'm not from around here. I don't think I've traveled a bit. The bus driver says, well, I've had this job for a long while now. Cool. All right. So Ashley, the player, is getting like weird vibes from these two. With everything Pharaoh has seen tonight. This is fucking weird. This is fucking weird. I think the true vibe that's pharaoh is getting from this is that maybe damien isn't actually crazy for his theories that thought alone disturbs pharaoh on a deep level maybe not the alien one but like he's got a lot of th weird theories maybe this town is just weird as shit and anything could happen i look back at my phone at the photos i just took of the bus and then i close those out and i say hey i'm doing a school project on public transportation could i get a selfie with you guys real quick the girl goes um what did what did you say you want a what and the guy's like i've never heard of it either you know when you take your phone and pharaoh's going to like demonstrate as they talk through like yeah you take your phone you open it up on like the photos <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry hold on what did you call that thing my phone that's not what a phone looks like okay well it might be a little outdated all right i don't have money for like the brand new apple or whatever the fuck you don't have money for an apple you hungry i think i have some like change they just took a selfie with these two people in it and they go no i don't need an apple okay backing up what's the name of this town i don't actually know when i was coming in and the bus driver goes this here's wildmore you should know where you are. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things I feel like I should know that I'm just kind of catching up on now. What was your name again, sir? Name's Jerry. Kind of reaches a hand out. I'm not getting on this fucking bus. All right, no worries. All good, understand. Well, you know, you have a fun night now. Yeah, you guys too. Um, And I look at the girl very pointedly and I'm like, stay safe, okay? Always do. Gives you a little salute and then he shuts the door and she sits back down. But the bus doesn't move. Two of my targets are gone. There's a fucking bus just here. Adam and Alina have gone off somewhere. 
that's enticing. But the thing that makes the most sense for Pharaoh to do is go to Sawyer. And they hate that because they've established they don't like Sawyer-centric missions. But they saw him take like a lot of stuff and also had like half his blood drained. So worst case scenario, if they say something, he's probably not going to remember it. You head back to the party and you find Sawyer passed out underneath the bar with the kid in front of him drawing a dick on his forehead. I get weirdly defensive. I'm like, hey, asshole. Huh? There's some uh, shots behind the bar that have yet been drunk. It's just a joke. No, I know. I'm just letting you know there's like shots back there and you don't look near drunk enough for how late it is, my guy. Could say the same for you. That's fair. You look new. Uh, I am new. You're very observant. There's not a lot of new people in Wildmore. Yeah, it's a it's a quaint little town. You guys have your traditions. It's hard for people to move here. It's hard for people to move out, too. What was your name again? Sorry? Not important. Just don't get stuck. I'll do my best. And they stand up and go around the bar like you said, and you see him grab a shot, kind of lift it up to you, and then they walk off. I'm gonna go stand over Sawyer. This is probably the closest you've gotten to Sawyer. Yeah. Even from two seats away in homeroom, there's enough distance where you don't have to really focus on him. You don't have to focus on the similarities and the differences that are so striking this close up. You don't have to think actively about, not that you wanted to be passed out underneath the bar, but how that could have been you passed out underneath the bar in his shoes how you could have had friends who came immediately to your defense, but you didn't. How you could, whether you wanted it or not, have a town that weirdly regards you in almost a regal sense. He got all of this and you weren't even asked if you wanted it. Pharaoh is standing over him, looking at how just fucking peaceful he looks, asleep on the ground, and his hair is just like theirs. They wish that they could see less of themselves in him. They wish that their dad was not as that his features weren't as prominent in either of them because if either of them had taken after their mom a little bit more this would have been probably a bit easier but pharaoh kneels down and does like a quick look around to make sure no one's looking before uh, reaching into sawyer's pocket for his wallet they're not gonna steal anything they think about it. The thought enters their brain for sure, but they're mainly just looking for any personal effects. They're trying very hard to stay like as professional and focus on the mission as possible because otherwise they're not sure how they would react because he's right here, person who represents everything that they've ever wished that they had and he's just fucking wasting it by like dealing to kids and getting into fights and just being a fucking idiot so they just look through his wallet and then if they don't find anything of interest there they take his phone and share his location to pharaoh's phone and they put all of his stuff back and he's like lying on his back right now and pharaoh begrudgingly like turns him onto his side and kind of props him up against the bar so he won't like choke or anything and they just sit there for a moment wishing he was awake so they had like an excuse to smack him just to get something out of their system but he's like asleep and that'd be like a shitty thing to do and they're gonna look down at beauregard and say i know bud but we'll get there one day and they need to get away from him before they start getting really emotional 
you hear the scream again and you see Jordan at the booth like pull her headphones back and scratch the music almost to a stop. There's still like a small sound going underneath everything but it's a lot quieter and the scream comes again and you see Alina harried sprinting as fast as she can down the levels of the strip mine. Her hair is wild and out of place. It looks like lipstick is smeared across her mouth and her knuckles are clenched white around her shirt and she's just screaming and she's like oh my god and she's obviously out of breath and her face is streaked with mascara and terror some someone call someone there was i saw there was so much blood and it was horrible and it, an animal must have and it's really hard to hear her saying these words through her tears but she's like there was just blood everywhere and i i think he's dead after Alina points off in the general direction of a broken fence and a dead body, Damien takes off and you follow closely with him. Damien didn't even really have to like pull them along too much because their legs just started pumping as soon as they heard this. Almost as hard as their heart is pounding right now because after every all the weird shit they've seen tonight, they half expect to see either like Ivy or another like creature like her sort of like hunched over the bodies they approach. So they're running up, but they kind of like look on the ground to see if they can like, if there's like a large enough stick that they can grab maybe to smack something if it jumps out at them. They're, they're trying to like go about this in a logical way, as logical as all this shit can be. So they pick up a, a fairly sturdy branch. Um, it's probably the size of their forearm and just like duck through the fence that Damien's holding up and just like eyes peeled like just like scanning around i'm um, trying to find any sort of disturbance in this area okay so i know this is like a big thing but do you think alina could have been just like a little bit more specific because through the broken fence isn't like real direction and it's fucking dark out here and and pharaoh pulls out their phone and turns the flashlight bit on um and, and they say all right you go left i'll go right we'll scan uh, shout if you see something somebody was just killed and you want to split up Ah oh, shit, yeah, that's like number one rule in horror movies, huh? Don't split the party. They're sort of like at the top of like one of the many hills that are kind of like in this area. And Pharaoh points over like a small ridge. Let's just go this way and then we'll circle around and get like a full view of everything. All the while keeping an eye out for any other sort of movement in this area. I'll have my flashlight up. You just start recording things. Damien has his phone in his hand already and just says, yeah, I got you already on it. And then Pharaoh crouches low and starts stalking around. Um, they're fairly quiet when they want to be, but Damien probably isn't the best at being sneaky, so that their heart is pounding, they're keeping their eyes peeled, they're even, like, they're trying to, like, smell, they're using all their senses. They have Beauregard tucked in a pocket, making sure that he can't get out and run away. Damien's right. Alina's directions were very, very vague, and you both kind of without thinking, ran after what she said. You walk for a bit of time and you don't really see anything out of the ordinary in these woods behind the quarry. Everything seems fine. You just hear the sounds of night, chirping crickets, some owl hoots, but the party sounds have faded and are distant. Are we sure that Alina actually saw a dead body? I mean, she obviously was freaked out, but there's- I don't see anything around here. Let's head back the other way to see if maybe it's towards the left, I guess? Pharaoh's also getting kind of nervous because, like, they're trying to keep an eye out, like, if there's gonna be cops coming around here soon. You walk for a bit more, the nerves kind of settling in your veins, but then mm -hmm. the light from your flashlight 
glints off something on the ground. Something kind of shines. Pharaoh uh, kneels down to get a better look and kind of like moves any sort of like brush out of the way with their stick to, to get like a better look at what this is. It is a piece of cracked glass. Pharaoh, their crow brain, they're just, they just like, they're like, oh, it's just a piece of junk, but they pick it up and put it in their pocket because again, little shiny things, they love it. Okay, let's head this way. As you continue on this path, your flashlight light this time glints off something else. Again, shiny, but this time not glass. And it's splattered across the ground and across the nearby bark of trees. And you look ahead of you a little bit and it is a grisly gory sight. The iron is thick in the air. There is sticky, wet blood everywhere. The mulch at your feet, the bark of the nearby trees, and you see a body covered in it as well. The clothes are a mess, wrinkled and ripped. They kind of like swallow down the bile that's rising up in their throat and just kind of like clamp down on that part of them that reacts to anything horrific. When they were younger, they witnessed a motorcycle accident and the person had like driven underneath a semi because the semi either stopped too quickly or something really bad happened. And they have a little bit of flashback to that and they remembered how they were able to just sort of shut down fear response when it comes to this and just sort of go into this mode of like, okay, let me analyze this. Okay, Damien, let's go. Getting closer, you see it's worse than you originally thought. The top of the skull is crushed, distorting the features of the face. The sinew and bone of the neck is visible. There are two puncture marks that look as if something attached itself to the body and just ripped. Damien's feet crunch on something on the ground, and looking down, you see small pieces of glass, broken as if shattered. Glass? He crouches down, peering at the body, and he looks up at you and points at the neck specifically. Pharaoh leans down with the flashlight on their phone. They're trying really hard not to step on anything, and they bend down to get a look, and they're like a city kid, so they're not familiar with like animal bite marks and everything. They are familiar with human teeth marks, so they're trying to work off of their their knowledge and seeing like just how deep it was ripped in. They say, you would think it'd be animal right? It's it's gotta be. What, you think this is human? No fucking way. This has absolutely gotta be an animal. Look how deep that is. Human teeth can't do that. They have flashbacks to Ivy sinking her teeth and are comparing like how that would look if she had just (coughs) and they say, yeah, Damien, this is, this has gotta be animal. Um, do you guys have coyotes or wolves around here? Not wolves, but coyotes aren't like usually this aggressive, are they? Like they don't go after things that are large than them. They're also looking around the environment to see if maybe they can figure out if this person had been like crushed against a tree or hit on the head with another blunt object. So you don't see anything in the immediate vicinity as you scan that could have been used as like a weapon of sorts. But as you're looking, there's a rustling in the woods and a figure emerges from behind a tree. Adam Moore, hair must, eyes wide, holding his arms stiffly by his sides. Blood covers his skin on his arms and his face. He's shaking and he says very quietly, voice shaky too, I, 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 I didn't do this. Pharaoh holds their hand out to Damien in a don't move kind of thing because right now Pharaoh is locking eyes on Adam and hoping that Adam hasn't noticed Damien and they slowly stand up and they say, Adam, right? He's just staring at the body and you can kind of see his eyes shining with tears and he says again I I did 
do this. You, you gotta believe me. I believe you. They don't fucking believe him. Not at all. I, I believe you. Did you see who did or what did this, Adam? And they have like a vice grip on the fucking stick. He swallows and you can see his throat bob and he shakes his head, jaw set. And he says, no, no, I uh, I just got here and I saw it. I, I don't know what happened. Pharaoh nods and says, yeah, I just got here. I didn't see anything either. I glance down at his bloody arms involuntarily and I say, how about we head back to the quarry and wait for the paramedics to arrive? You look like you might have also gotten hurt. Are you, are you okay? What? I'm fine. I, I just got here. I don't have anything to say to them. I didn't see anything. And he just, without saying another word, turns and disappears into the trees. Okay, so like, he definitely saw something and was maybe possibly involved in the whole thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't have been any more sketchy. Yeah, yeah, definitely had something to do with it. Definitely didn't want to be here once you said the police and paramedics might show up. The the police are already going to be on their way, right? I mean, everybody ran from the party. I don't think any of them called the police. Do you want me to call my dad? The fuck? Yes, David, call your dad. Shit, call your dad, but don't say anything about Adam. Pharaoh, the dude was covered in blood. And my dad's the chief of police. I'm supposed to just keep my mouth shut about that? I think this might need to be handled a bit more delicately. I need you to roll to manipulate an NPC. Nine plus one, ten. All right. Alright, I guess we don't need to escalate it and they'll do that on their own. Besides, he's not even here anymore and we don't know what happened, so I shouldn't just say shit when it comes to something like this. Even though I really, really think it, okay? Like, really, he was right there. Exactly, and with the weird shit in this town, I wouldn't be surprised if- Wait a sec, you think this could be an alien? I think this is an animal of some kind, but not a normal one. And if we put a target on Adam, whether he was involved or not, that might put more people, either Adam, someone in the police force, kind of hinting at his dad, it might put them in more danger than necessary. I think we just need more information before we bring Adam into it. And send that video to me. Just feeling like maybe we shouldn't have like a path that they can trace. So I'm just gonna like airdrop that shit. Yeah, that works. Okay, so like I've got like a lot of practice lying around my dad and everything because you know, but uh, this is like kind of a big thing. So do you really want me to just like call the cops right now? Like what am I even supposed to say? Just tell him there's a fucking dead body to get here. Dude, like, that's, like, the rule of party. You don't tell anybody there was a party, and so I'm gonna have to tell him that there was, like, a fucking party. That was, like, a very illegal party. We broke in someplace. Dude, I can't tell him that. We're gonna be in so much trouble. Just say you were hiking with your friend. Yeah, I'm not saying that. Hey, Dad, yeah, no, I know it's late. Um, bit of a situation. Somebody's dead. Yeah, uh, mm, let me finish by the quarry. Yeah, cool. Oh, yep, mm, bye, see you soon. Did he give you an ETA? No, just that, obviously, they were coming. I think that maybe we shouldn't be by the dead body when they get here. Like, maybe we should head back to the quarry and hang out and wait for them so that we can say somebody just, like, told us that there was a dead body and not that we saw it. I think that's what we should do. I mean, you could just leave. I didn't say anything about you. He doesn't know that you're here. You're free. He doesn't know I'm here. Do you think that... I've left any sort of, like, trace on footprints and shit. I'm sure we did, but, I mean, like, they're not gonna know it was you, right? Like, there's a whole party here tonight. They're gonna find that out easily. So if you don't want to get questioned by the cops, just fucking run now, man. I won't tell them you were here. I've- it's nothing new for me. I would rather them think I was just here with you than, like, find, like, a hair or a footprint or something at the scene and then be like, Why were you there, Pharaoh? And me not have an alibi. Yeah, 
Yeah, that makes sense. That's smart. Good choice. Damien leads you back through the woods the way you came, pulls open the broken fence, and you guys squeeze back through. There's really nothing to do but wait as you hear the distant sirens. Pharaoh is going to, at an angle where he can't uh, see what they're doing, obviously, is going to text Elias and say, I have a lot of updates from tonight. I'll probably be at the police station in like 30 minutes. Don't worry, I didn't do it. All you get back in response is, I'm coming. So, um, that was pretty bad. Could you tell who that was? I mean, I have a hard time remembering people's faces, um, especially in the dark, but it looks like, uh, one of the hockey players, or one of the cheerleader guys? One of- someone who's involved with, like, the sports and things, right? Wait, the glass that was all around. Oh my god. I bet that was Ryan Bishop. You know, the guy who goes around with his camera and documents anything? I bet that's what the glass was. The broken lens or something. Pharaoh reaches into their pocket to bring out the piece of glass that they snagged. You took a piece of evidence? Well, I thought it was just trash. How long do we have until the cops get here? It's gotta be minutes by the sound of those sirens. Pharaoh's just going to like mentally mark the direction that this piece of glass was found from the original crime scene. So like if whoever had the original glass broken pieces was running into a direction, would that be like? So you can tell that they were running away from the quarry and not necessarily back to town either mm. but specifically after that you can't be sure where they went there's just like really not much out that way it's just opposite of where Wildmore stands and there's not any sort of town or known landmark that would give you any insight onto why that's the direction they went in. Pharaoh's going to like screenshot that area and like like do like a little doodle and like circle over it and like the red mark that you can do on the phones and send that to Elias and say this area needs to be scoped out. You hear the sirens getting louder now they're very close and damien goes okay so like what exactly are we gonna say like <laughs> guess what dad we uh, had this party in this quarry and then just like found a dead body i mean i think that we need to get our story straight so that we aren't wavering because like this i don't really think that this necessarily looks great like what do we tell him happened we just happened upon the dead body of one of our classmates in the middle of the woods in the middle of the night? We heard that there was uh, someone hurt, so we went to go investigate, and we found the dead body, and it looks like an animal attack. Right, Damien? I mean, it looks like that. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what happened. Okay, so we just, like, found someone attacked by... An animal. Technically, Alina was the one who, like... Isn't that kind of like throwing her under the bus? Because she ran. She kind of, you know, took off out of here with everybody else. I don't know if that's actually a big deal or not. I think the cops are going to think that that's a pretty big deal. Because why would you run if you didn't have anything to do with it? Why wouldn't you just call the cop, you know? Or you could say, I just heard someone yell it and I everyone started running. It, it all happened so fast. A classic trauma response after these things. It's messy, Pharaoh. You can now hear the sirens pulling up to the entrance of the quarry, and you can kind of see over the buildings and around the hill the flashing blue and red lights in the night sky. After a few minutes, you see a bunch of cops kind of swarming over the other side of the quarry near the entrance, opposite from where you are, looking around, seeing the discarded party, and starting to file down into the quarry and up and around it. Pharaoh puts this mask on. They make their lips start quivering a little bit, and they widen their eyes, and they kind of hunch their shoulders 
over and, and like hug themselves in very in a very much so like oh this is such a scared little kid and they know how to like tug at heartstrings and kind of try to manipulate officers into looking the other way they've done it plenty of times before so they they assume this position and sort of just like huddle closer to Damien and then just like watch with these big green eyes like as the cops approach you can see Chief Evans come in look around and then see both Damien and you and he kind of makes a beeline straight towards to where you guys are standing <laughs> in the quarry and as he gets there he says tell me what happened everything Damien you are sitting in the lobby of the Wildmore High police station. Elias is in the chair next to you. The police have been calling in all of the students from Wildmore High one by one to ask them about what they may have seen or not seen at the quarry party. One of the police officers is leading out a kid that was just in the room and Chief Evans is starting to stride towards you and Elias when the doors into the police station burst open and you can hear tires screeching outside as these black vans roll into the parking lot. Agent Drummond steps through the door into the station. She walks straight up to Chief Evans and says, Agent Drummond, FBI, we'll be taking this from here. Excuse me? What in the world does the FBI have to do with the local case? Chief Evans says, disgruntled and upset that the case may be swept out from under him. That's classified, on a need-to-know basis. And right now, all we need you to know is that our agents will be taking the lead on this from here on out. Any information you come across will be directly related to us, and your officers will follow the lead of my agents when in the field. This is not how we do things here in Wildmore, Miss Special Agent Drummond. This seems all rather blown out of proportion. A kid was at a party and ended up dead. There's a lot we have yet to figure out. As I said, you don't need to worry about that anymore. This case is ours from now on. Thank you for your time. She dismisses him easily and then looks to you. And this is... We have been calling all the kids at the party in for questioning. She gestures at you, Pharaoh. I see. Come with me. I'd like to get a first-hand account myself. Pharaoh kind of gives one last, like, puppy dog eye look back at the chief before following the special agent. And in their head, they're like, okay, this isn't like the normal dumbass cops I can, like, get sympathy from. I'm gonna have to be maybe more careful with her. But they're being compliant, and they're still keeping up the whole, like, wide-eyed, I just saw a dead body kind of uh, look as they follow her. Elias puts on this front of being a very, very concerned parental figure that the FBI would need to speak to you, and starts a little bit of an argument with Special Agent Drummond as you are led across the parking lot towards one of these black vans. Acting much friendlier than they normally do with him, like, more comfortable like run up and just sort of like cling to his arm trying to look as like small as possible just trying to make sure they're like in a following thing so that it doesn't seem like they know too much one of the agents with drummond opens the door to the back of one of these vans and pulls down and slides out the ramp so that you guys can walk up into the back and then as everyone enters agent drummond kind of gesturing you both in first. The ramp is pulled back up and in and the doors are shut behind you. They drop uh, Elias's arm and they go, oh fuck, you're that lady. She doesn't speak for a second and then she says, yes, I'm that lady. Looking 
good. All of the tension from their act earlier just gone. Now they're just kind of like, all right, so what's like the actual real shit we're going to get into now? Elias has been keeping the agency up to date on the information that both of you have gleaned over the past while that you've been stationed here. We wish we had something more concrete going into this, but obviously this seems to us to be something more than what it looks like on the outside. But I do want to start off by saying that when we sent you here to do a recon mission, we didn't anticipate you having to see the things that you had to see. Pharaoh looks at him and says, this isn't the first dead body I've seen. Okay, well, with that out of the way then, tell us everything. And they break down with like, detailed efficiency exactly what they saw from Alina yelling there's a dead body on. They're gonna hold on to the rest of the stuff about Ivy and the weird storm and everything to speak with Elias because he's like the professional about that. But for the FBI, they're going to say, and this was the glass piece that I found at this area, I'm gonna talk about the blood, they're going to say that the teeth markings were puncture wounds, the setting wasn't right quite for an animal. And then they're going to say Adam Moore was there, but said in relay what he said, but the police officers here don't know about that. So we're wanting to keep that under wraps. But yeah, so I think we need extra surveillance on the Moore family, specifically Adam, and then just checking out the area that the glass is leading to to see if we can find any other evidence or the lost camera, I think would be really helpful. We have groups of agents already scanning the area out there, but we'll direct them towards this place you found the glass. Can I have a look at that? Do you still have it? Uh, sure. It looks like it's from a camera lens, maybe. We'll have to run some tests to make sure that hypothesis is correct. Yeah, that's fair. And you saw someone out there, you said. Can you tell me more about that? The older brother. The older brother from the Moore family? The one that is a werewolf? He's from that family, yeah. We don't know if it's him or the brother or someone else that's the actual- Well, yeah, I'll, I'll keep a closer look on that. We can't have a teenage werewolf running around killing people if that is what happened. And Pharaoh makes a mental note to really speak with Elias about what they saw of Caleb that night. For the time being, it would be best if we keep our distance from one another- in the public eye, we have to be quiet about our relationship and make sure that that stays under wraps. Pharaoh does like a comedic, like, zip my lips, lock, throw away the key. <laughs> did you gain any other sort of evidence like you did with this piece of glass? This seems to be the main event, unless if a dead body isn't good enough for y'all. A dead body isn't nothing, but it doesn't provide us any answers for the reason that we came here in the first place. We need to figure out if the families were indeed involved with this, and if so, which ones. I mean, I still don't know what the deal with the Hook family is. They don't seem to have any sort of special abilities. Agent Drummond shares a look with Elias, one that you can't really read, but that doesn't sit with you well. And she crosses her arms over her chest and she says, I know that you have a more invested interest in the hooks, but I need you to make sure that when you go deeper into that investigation, that that it ends there. That there is no other reason that you are looking into them except to provide us with the information we need. I know that I said this could offer you some closure, and it can, but we have to be smart about how we go about that. You have to be incredibly smart. This is not without danger. Sounds good. Do you want me to directly interact with Adam since he saw me there? Maybe use this as an in or... If the opportunity arises, go for it, like you are going to do with any of the kids you come in contact with. But don't push it. If this was indeed him, it means he's volatile and we don't know what he could do. Do you have like a phone that I can text for questions and things? We could be like friends on Snapchat or something. We are not friends. 
And she kind of starts ushering you out the door. You know, I'm going to win you over one of these days, Agent Drum. I'm going to do it. It's my new goal, actually. It's a little fun little side project for me. Bye, Pharaoh. Have a good rest of your day. You too. And the double doors in the back of the black van are shut with a bang behind you. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to support our show, you can become a patron at patreon.com queerpg. Becoming a patron allows you access to our exclusive after show, where the cast talks about character insights and their own reactions to the episode, as well as a plethora of other perks. If you like the show, remember to rate and review. And to keep up with Queer PG, make sure you're following us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at queerpgpod, and on Tumblr at tumblr.com queerpg. Until next time!